our verses of study for this morning are 1 Thessalonians 1, the end of verse 5 through the end of the chapter, verse 10. In these verses, Paul continues to give reasons as to why he knows that the Thessalonians have been chosen by God to be God's forever children. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 4, Paul writes, Brothers loved by God, we know that he has chosen you. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 5b through 10, Paul gives four further reasons for his knowledge of their election. Let's read our text of today once again, and then take up Paul's four additional reasons. And I want you to remember from the last time we looked at 1 Thessalonians 1, in reference to election, that election is one of the great concepts of the Bible. It looms large in both testaments. It's not a device for sentencing people to eternal torment, but for rescuing them from it. And that's a quote. 1 Thessalonians 1, the end of verse 5 through the end of the chapter. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Paul writes, we know that God has chosen you. And then in this morning's text, he says, one, because the Thessalonians had become imitators of Paul, of the Lord Jesus in their lives. Someone has said, those whom God chooses, he changes. This does not mean they are perfect, but they are possessors of a new life that cannot be hidden. The Thessalonians were possessors of that new life. They had become completely different from what they once were. They now were following in the footsteps of. They now were imitating 
their spiritual leaders and the Lord Jesus. How Paul, Silas, and Timothy lived, how the Lord Jesus lived, the Thessalonians were now living. Notice with me again the end of verse 5 and the beginning of verse 6. You know how we lived among you for your sake? You became imitators of us and of the Lord. When Paul, Silas, and Timothy had gone to Thessalonica, the lives they lived evidently made a profound impression on the population of the city. The three of them were so different. They lived holy lives. That is, they lived righteous lives and lives set apart to God and to serving the Lord God. And they lived loving lives. They had deep affection and care in their hearts for others. And they lived steadfast lives. They continued on and endured in the face of persecution and suffering. The Thessalonians went on to follow them. They lived righteous lives and lives set apart to and serving the Lord God. They became caring, compassionate people. They endured in the midst of suffering. They copied in principle and in detail the lives of those men and the life of the Lord Jesus. A while ago, I received a phone call from a fellow with whom I attended junior high school in Philadelphia. We hadn't talked for years. When I was in junior high school, I, I was not a Christian. And some of the things I did during that time in my life came into my mind as we talked, and they caused me to blush. They caused me to be embarrassed. I was also able, though, to see how the Lord Jesus since then has changed my life, how he has graciously worked in me. The Thessalonians had undergone a transformation. And so Paul wrote, we know that God has chosen you. You became imitators of us and of the Lord Jesus. Two applications in reference to our first point. First, do you see a change in your life? Is your life different from the way it once was? The person you are now is not the person you once were. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Do you have this evidence of election in your life? 
And then second, second application. Can God use you as he did Paul, Silas, and Timothy to show his way to others? Quote, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Is God able to use your living to help people follow the Lord Jesus? I have told some of you in the past more than once that when I was in college, I was just a young Christian. And I am so grateful for the examples that I found there concerning living for Jesus Christ. Is God able to use you to help people follow the Lord Jesus? Next point this morning. Paul writes, we know that God has chosen you, number two, because of the acceptance the Thessalonians gave the word of God. Look with me at the end of verse six. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. When Paul, Silas, and Timothy were with the Thessalonians and preached the word of God to them, the Thessalonians received the word of God. The word in verse 6 is they welcomed the word of God into their hearts. I think of a time Pat and I had a friend come and visit us and how glad we were to see him and how we welcomed him into our home. When the word of God went to the Thessalonians, they welcomed it into their lives. They welcomed all that they were hearing from the word of God into their lives. As we pointed out two weeks ago from verse five, the words of the gospel were not merely listened to and understood by them. They entered into the very hearts of the Thessalonians. They were embraced by them. Verse 5a, the beginning of verse 5. Our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit. The Thessalonians also proved their election in the acceptance that they gave to God's word. One of the things we pastors notice in the ministry is this. People who hear the word of God, but who don't receive the word of God in their lives. They listen, they politely listen, they can even give some of it back, but they don't receive it. Do you know what I mean? The Thessalonians accepted, welcomed, embraced 
cherished the word of God, the gospel that came to them. Verse 6 further points out this. The good reception the Thessalonians gave God's word took place in the context of real suffering. Look at verse 6b again. In spite of severe suffering, writes Paul, you welcomed the message. From the beginning, there had been opposition to the word of God in Thessalonica. Acts 17 tells us that when Paul went to Thessalonica, certain Jews stirred up a riot against him. They even followed him to Berea and caused him great trouble there as well. My friends, the Jews who did that would not leave the new believers in Thessalonica alone either. They and the local pagans would cause the Thessalonian believers great difficulty as well. But the Thessalonians welcomed the word of God in spite of severe suffering. In fact, because the Lord was at work in their hearts, the Thessalonians welcomed the word of God in the midst of suffering with joy. Verse 6b, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Back in the uh, 1990s, I read Dan Quayle's book, Standing Firm. It's almost unbelievable what the media did to him, how they treated him when he campaigned with George H.W. Bush and then when he was our vice president. But in spite of his hard times, he continued on. The Thessalonians, in spite of their hard suffering, accepted the word of God and continued in the word of God with joy. Because the good news of Jesus Christ is more valuable than anything else, they accepted the good news of Jesus Christ with joy. They were elect of God. Very simply, another evidence of God's election is receiving in one's heart the word of God, even when it entails difficulty and receiving it with the gladness of the Holy Spirit. Do I find this evidence in my life? Reason number three for Paul knowing of the Thessalonians' election is expressed by him in verse seven of our text. Notice with me now how verse seven reads. And so, you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. 
In our first point, we saw how the Thessalonians followed or imitated Paul, Silas, Timothy, and the Lord Jesus. Now, Paul says the lives of the Thessalonians had become such that they, that they as, as a whole, were a model for other believers. The change in their lives continued and had become such that other believers could now imitate them. We know that God has chosen you also because of the example you now set. I asked you earlier, is God able to use you as a helping example for others? My friends, there's nothing wrong with being an example for others. Yes, I know that there are quite a few bad examples out there that some of us may be turned off with this idea of being an example. But someone has pointed out that Paul, in his letters, encourages wholesome following of good examples. There is nothing wrong with being a proper pattern. Parents certainly should be a proper pattern for their children. Teachers certainly should be a good pattern for their students. Elders in the church certainly should be a holy pattern for the sheep. There is nothing wrong with this, and it's something that all of us should ask the Lord to so work in our lives. In my life, there has been, there have been probably half a dozen to a dozen people who have particularly been great examples to me. And I am so grateful to them. And I owe them so much. I remember reading about a fellow minister who was on the campus of a university. And he was engaged in a conversation with uh, a young man there. And during the conversation, he asked the young man, uh, what do you want to be? The young man immediately replied, I want to be just like my dad. The minister said, uh, you mean a teacher like your dad, a, a counselor like your dad? And the young man said, no, I want to be a Christian just like my dad. I am so grateful for the examples God has placed in my life. I owe them so much. Let's ask the Lord to help us to be proper patterns for 
others. And then last, this morning, Paul knows of the Thessalonians' election because of the sharing of their faith with others. Verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. The Greek verb translated rang out here in verse 8 literally means to sound as a trumpet or to roll as thunder. You no doubt have been in a storm where thunder has rolled. That's what the verb here means. And its tense is perfect, which says to us the roll of thunder, the sound of the trumpet is continuous. Here's the truth that Paul is expressing now. The Thessalonians loudly, clearly, unashamedly, continuously proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ in word and living. They told of their faith in Christ. They told what God had done to them. And they did this to the point that their faith in God had become known everywhere. Verses 8 and 9. We do not need to say anything about your faith. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. Paul knows of the election of the Thessalonians also because of the sharing of their faith with others. Listen to this quote. It is the responsibility and privilege of each local church to share the message of salvation with the lost world. Many congregations are content to pay a staff to do that. But in the New Testament churches, the entire congregation was involved in sharing the good news. I've said recently that I am thankful to God for the participation we have in Trinity Church in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, said, uh, I said that a few weeks ago, and I really am thankful to see that here. We are doing well. But my friends, we are not where God wants us to be yet. We're doing well. But some of us still need to join in. And some of us could do more. Paul knew of the election of the Thessalonians because of the sharing of their faith with others. Oh, may God so work in our lives that we clearly, unashamedly, continuously live out and speak our faith in Jesus Christ. 
The content of the Thessalonians' message to others, by the way, is found in verses 9 and 10 of our passage. Let me just show you uh, that content uh, for your own meditation. And uh, Lord willing, next Sunday evening, I will give an entire message on it. But look with me at the end of verse 9 and then verse 10. What was it that went out from them? They tell how you turn to God from idols, to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. The Thessalonians communicated at least three things. They had been enabled to turn to the true God from their idols. They now served the living and true God. And the Lord Jesus had rescued them from their sins and they were waiting for him from heaven. There's the gospel. And there is what we want to communicate to others as well. And so I ask, do you know the gospel? Have you ever received this good news of Jesus Christ? Do you know it so that you can give it out? When the late Dr. D. James Kennedy was a young pastor. He was invited by Reverend Kennedy Smart to come and preach for a few days at Kennedy Smart's church. He accepted the invitation and went and, and did so. In the afternoons, the two of them would go out together and make visits. Dr. Kennedy, I gather, would be polite and friendly and, and chat with the people and invite them out to the meetings. But Kennedy Smart would take over and present the gospel. And they would see people embrace Jesus Christ right there in their living rooms. Dr. Kennedy said, I was changed by that. I was changed by my time with Kennedy Smart. I went back to my church in Fort Lauderdale, developed a presentation of the gospel, and formed evangelism explosion. My friends, do you know the gospel? Have you ever received the good news? In Christ, sins are forgiven. Guilt is removed. Reconciliation with God takes place. You become a child of God forever. Heaven and the new heaven and the new earth are waiting for you. Have you ever received the gospel? Do you know the gospel so that you can give it out? Let me review our study of this morning. Paul says to the Thessalonians in chapter 1, verse 4, we know that God has chosen you. 
And then he says in our text of today, because of your changed lives, because you welcome the word of God, because you are a model to other believers, and because you share your faith in Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, we find these words. Make your calling and election sure. Make your calling and election sure. So, my friends, is your life a changed life? Do you welcome the word of God? Are you a model to other believers? And do you share your faith in Christ? May God, in his grace, grant each one of us salvation and the assurance of it.